Hi, I'm Denise Hummel, and I'm the founder and CEO of Lead Inclusively, and I have the pleasure of being with Maya Huchan, who is the president of Global Leadership Associates. Uh, Maya and I have had uh, the opportunity to work together on a number of occasions, and now we get to pick her brain for some thought leadership on the innovative mindset. Maya, it's so nice to see you. Thank you so much, Denise, for inviting me for this podcast. Oh, absolutely! Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you do? Sure.、Uh, so my name is Maya Huchan, and、uh, I am、um, specialized in global leadership and cross-cultural management. So I am a、uh, author, speaker, consultant, and executive coach. And when I work with Maya,、uh, I have the good fortune of having her expertise on the cross-cultural side. So we're able to. Work together in such a way that we can localize a lot of our diversity and inclusion initiatives,、um, particularly in China, where she's from, but throughout the world. So, we, we're going to、uh, talk to her a little bit about the whole concept of、um, having an innovation mindset. And I will say that this issue is, as you know, very near and dear to my heart because、um, we are very, very devoted to the premise that there is a strong connection between inclusion and innovation, both in the way that it accelerates. Innovation, as well as、uh, in in the way that it increases the quality of、uh, innovation, the interaction, the general ability to share thought leadership. So, Maya, if you don't mind, I just wanted to、um, ask you a little bit about、um, an innovative mindset, but and more particularly,、um, how do you how do you cultivate that in an organization? Sure. You know, Denise,、um, in this day and age, that if the organization can be innovative, and that is a competitive. Advantage, right? Significantly, absolutely. So when you think about、um, in today's world, a lot of research has shown that you know leaders and employees in organization are not satisfied with the way that the speed and also、uh, the quality of their innovation.、Uh, a recent study from McKinsey have talked about ninety four percent of the executives in the organizations are unhappy or dissatisfied. With their innovative performance in organization, that's a huge waste of talent.、It、sure is. Yeah, and then but this is something that the leaders can do to make a big impact by allowing, cultivating this climate so people can innovate,、mm-hmm. they can be creative, and the leadership makes a big difference. So how do they do that? Well, you know, so when you think about leadership、uh, in an innovative mindset, I look at it in two different ways. First of all, is that Leaders need to think about what can I do to lead differently. How can I look at my role in a different way, and so I can show up differently, and I can act differently, and I can interact with my team differently, so that people can truly be creative and innovative. So, think about how can you be creative as a leader. And number two is that how can leader create this. Leader, uh, create this innovative environment, this climate, so that allow people to apply innovative thoughts or speak up and share their innovative ideas with the rest of the group, with the rest of the team. So,、um, it, the question is not about how can I make innovation happen, but it's really about how can I set the stage so other people can innovate.、Mm-hmm. So I look at innovative leadership in those two different ways. Right. So one of the ways that we do that with inclusion is actually encouraging leaders to recognize members of their team、um, 
for ideas uh, and, and experimentation and learning agility without regard to the actual outcome. In other words, was the particular idea or initiative successful, for example? Um, what are some of the other ways that leaders can show up with that innovative mindset to encourage um, active participation and the expression of ideas um, in their teams? So when I look at um, leaders to lead with innovative mindset, um, I look at three different ways. Okay, number one is to um, to lead inclusively, mm -hmm. and that's the name of your company. Thank you. Okay. Wow, I love I'm it. Gonna pay her to say that. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's the first that's and great. foremost, right? Yeah. Is that how do you lead inclusively? Right. Um, think that uh, for leaders to create that climate, you have to be able to cultivate the psychological safety. We have heard this term mm -hmm. uh, uh, recently quite often. Now, uh, this is coming from the research from Google. Mm -hmm. Now, so Google studied 180 teams all over the world and tried to identify what makes the team work really effectively and work well together. And they identified two elements. And one of them is that they noticed that the best teams, that people have about equal amount of time to share and to speak at meetings. Mm -hmm. So they call that conversation turn-taking. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everybody As opposed can, to one person dominating and, yes. and the more you know introverted uh, uh, among the team never getting a voice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So no, that's something that we want to avoid. So a good team that they bring everybody together and encourage everybody to speak about the same amount of time, regardless if they're naturally introverted or they're quiet or with language barriers. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the meeting, Everybody felt like I have said what I want to say, I want to say, and they have expressed their opinions. And so that really is uh, number one thing is that people feel safe in this environment. They can speak up. They don't feel being judged. They don't have to feel like being punished or rejected mm -hmm. for speaking up. So does it help then to for the leader to set out sort of the rules of engagement at the beginning? You know, we're not going to be talking over each other. We're going to uh, maybe even create an agenda so that everyone knows that they're going to have time to, to participate and maybe even when they're going to participate, perhaps, depending on the cultural norm for that particular society. Yes, and I, feel, I think leaders really need to set the tone, right, to set those ground rules that how can people contribute and how do we actively listen and and, and, and allow everybody else to contribute ideas in their ways, in their own way. So, so the leader really should kind of set those ground rules and then start cultivating this kind of practice so everybody feels comfortable to speak up. Yeah. So that's number one, right? Mm -hmm. And the second thing about creating psychological safety is that people usually have very high sense of uh, sort of um, social sensitivity. Right, so they pay attention. They look at each other and say, "Well, you know, if somebody seem uncomfortable, they seem upset, or there's whether it's their body language or those nonverbal cues, right. they pay attention. They tune in. And so they have high EQ yes. and good observation skills, and they're not just looking at what people are saying or not saying, but also mm -hmm. their facial expressions, maybe their body posture." Mm -hmm. um, um, the, the the reactivity that they're having in yeah. there, you know, which of course 
that in itself changes from culture to culture as well. That's correct. But the yeah. point is, the point I think you're making is just to really see the whole person and mm -hmm. not just um, listen to the words. Yes, yes. And then to be able to get to know your team members so they know that what kind of uh, behaviors that seem to show that you're not engaged or perhaps you're not you're not happy with something that we just talked about and mm -hmm. then you shut down. So those are some of the things that people have within a good team is that high social connectivity and sensitivity. So when they have both elements together that works in the team, then we call that psychological safety. Mm -hmm. So when people feel both comfortable, safe, and not being judged, and then they can relax. Right. And then right. they will be able to share their thoughts and um, and it's not afraid of being judged or criticized mm -hmm. or, or, or even punished. Let's talk about some of the ways that leaders can be reflective um, about what they see, for example, or experience at meetings. In mm -hmm. other words, after after they're at the meeting and, and maybe they notice some individuals participating quite a bit, some not at all, um, what's a good way for them to be reflective and to take the time to um, ask how they could show up differently next time? Yeah, you know, when, when I work with uh, global teams, very often that uh, the, the different, different cultural will show up differently. Like we mentioned earlier that some people are just naturally quieter and some culture, they, they are more hierarchical. Mm -hmm. So they wait for the leaders to say, to, to, to really call the shots and then dominate the meetings mm -hmm. or to allow the native speakers of English, for example, to dominate a meeting. And so um, leaders really need to be mindful about those type of behaviors and dynamics mm -hmm. in the team. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the team, uh, before each meeting, just kind of be real clear about what do I want to accomplish? Uh, how do I want to be engaging with my team members? How can I be more inclusive, mm -hmm. right? right? And then and then have some specific behaviors that in mind, and not only the leader need to lead by example, they also need to encourage the rest of the team to all embrace that behaviors. Mm -hmm. One thing that I notice is that it's particularly difficult when you're dealing across cultures mm -hmm. uh, on virtual calls. And, you know, particularly for, for those companies that are headquartered in the United States, the expectation is, okay, we're going to get on a call. I want your ideas, people, you know, and, yeah. and, and in the U.S. we call that brainstorming, which is supposed to set up this, you know, innovative atmosphere, um, when in so certain cultures it has the exact opposite impact, right? You haven't given uh, people any uh, advance notice that you want their ideas. Uh, people are trying uh, to give the, the leader um, you, you know, um, preferential treatment to some extent might feel um, that they might cause the leader of the call to lose face, um, are not wanting to just sort of spew the way we do in the U.S. Well, I have this idea, I have this idea. And so, um, so my question is, with regard to virtual calls in particular, mm -hmm. what can leaders do to give space to others on, on these calls, particularly from cultures where saving face is really a big issue. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up this topic of saving face. Okay, that's actually a passion of mine to really kind of looking at this dynamic and how can we make sure that not only everybody 
get to see face, and also we give face to each other, meaning that we we are inclusive, that we bring everybody's voice into the room. So one thing that、uh, leaders have done that successfully. Uh, in a global team setting, especially in the virtual calls, is to really kind of、um, keep notes on who already talked about this topic and who he has not heard from. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And to continue to keep track and then bring out the people that、uh, you know ask specifically about the, the you know their opinion to share. When when the quieter members have not had a chance to talk, explain、yeah. to the audience if you don't mind. Most people know what saving face means. Explain what giving face means. Well, so giving face, it's really about、um, thinking about how you can build people up, how you can lift them up, and then to build their confidence.、Um, so you can say things that you can give public recognition to someone and to acknowledge their contribution or. Affirm their ideas. So,、um, and it just kind of really, in a way, to build them up so that to make them feel and look good in front of others. Okay, but this brings、yeah. up a very interesting point, though. That works pretty well in individualist cu- cultures, where、right. where individual recognition is, you know, wanted and expected. How does that sometimes backfire in、yeah. in collectivist nations like China, for example? Absolutely. Well, you know,、uh, China is changing. Yeah,、right. China, as we know, that you know has had this one-child policy for for decades,、mm-hmm. and、oh, uh, they recently changed. So that connection you, to become more individualistic based on the smaller yeah, family size. Absolutely. I、so、didn't even consider that the younger generation that the kids were born, you know, in after the nineteen eighties. They're the only child in their family, so then this individualistic sort of expectation is is really changing the Chinese culture, right? If you look at the this this whole new generation, they want to be different, and they do want to、uh, to be recognized. So, but they are. You're right. Certain collective cultures,、uh, collectivism culture, they definitely feel some sometimes uncomfortable being recognized in public. So, as a leader. You need to take the time to really understand each individual will have different preference,、mm-hmm. and not just cultural differences. Even in, within the United States, for example, you have people who are more introverted. Naturally, they don't like to be put on the spot、mm-hmm. and being recognized. Even it's for good reason,、right. it's for positive、right. reason. It can still backfire. It can still backfire. So、um, you can give people, you can give face or、uh, give recognition to somebody in different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be do it in public. You can do it individually at a one-on-one or on a one-on-one、yeah. base, and you can certainly do it,、um, you know, much more low-key. But the key here is to make the other person feel that they're appreciated, they're valued, and they're also respected. You know, it's interesting because a client just、um, said to me recently with regard to some of our programs. You know, are we are we absolutely sure? Um, that the whole concept of inclusion shows up the same in each culture, and of course there are going to be very significant、um, variations to that. And the maturity model、uh, of this work is very different, and the priorities are very different. But in general, would you say that the concept of inclusion、um, is global in nature, in the sense that it brings out the best in people, no matter where they are in the world? Yes, I I would definitely agree to that statement. Think that it's human nature that we wanted to、um, engage with people, and then we wanted to do the, our best work. 
and we certainly uh, wanted to express our opinions and thoughts, particularly when we work with knowledge workers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Knowledge workers have ideas and they like to solve problems. And so they like to share their, their thoughts with others. So they want to make a difference. So it's important for us to continue to be inclusive when we work with knowledge workers, regardless which culture that the key is that to think about how can we give them face to bring them in and then continue to acknowledge their contribution and then what can we do to avoid losing face so that they don't feel like well if i i have to say something perfect mm -hmm. I, I, I can't afford to so, so to say anything stupid but then you know when you think about being a uh, cause somebody to lose face, it really can be very subtle. Mm -hmm. You know, it can, it's sometimes in one culture, nobody ever thought about this will be a problem. But then for a certain culture, that it can be devastating for yeah. people. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, and let me give you an example um, when it comes to uh, uh, how cultural differences can make a difference. Um, now, at Agilent, Agile Technologies, I, um, I was a coach who was their senior executive um, at Agile, and they, um, what, the, the, this particular executive was in charge of technology okay, and in innovation. So she told me that we encourage innovation from all cultures, from people from all over the world, uh, and uh, they always provide them with the kind of uh, encouragement and passive recognition. They never use this one word at work. Guess what that word is? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> close, close. They never use the word failure. Yeah. This is the word that's not because even a, in their a failure is just an experiment with a different outcome that we learn from and then move on, right? Right. That, that makes great sense. Yeah. Great they sense. don't. They what they say is that they if they, after the you know when when they're working on projects and they would they would they would you know periodically reflect and reevaluate and then if something doesn't work instead of say saying we failed they would say. What's next? What's next? What's right. next? What do we do next? All so, right. no I, failure. All right, I have one last question before we have to say goodbye. Um, to what extent, you know, obviously there are some cultures that are more hierarchical than others. Yes. Um, to what extent does hierarchy and, and the emphasis on um, hierarchy and levels and roles act as an impediment to inclusion, and are there any ways around it? Um, you know, hierarchy is it's real in many cultures. So for leaders to, to break down the hierarchy, it, it, it could be very difficult to do. Um, however, what they can do is that when they work with their, their team, you know, kind of create this atmosphere is that in this space that we all equal, all the ideas are equal, and then in fact they ask everybody else to contribute first before the leader oh, speak up. Right. And then so people are not always look up to the leader and say, well, what do you think? Well, if whatever you say, it's what we're going to do. It's, it's, it's always, the, you know, that, that's automatically a hierarchy become, a, you know, an obstacle, right. right? So the best thing that I've seen leaders do very well is to say, I want to hear all your ideas and there's no bad ideas. Let's just, um, let's just, let's just, just share. Yeah. Okay. And then, he doesn't or she doesn't say anything until the very end, and and but again does not place any judgment 
in people's ideas. Awesome. So we wait until the end to share that. That's awesome. That's a great, yeah. great technique. Um, I'm here with Maya Hu Chan, and we've had a great time together. Thank you so much for attending the podcast, and we're really looking forward to the next opportunity to share.